Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me as always is Parker. We also have on Alex. And we just watched Robocop. You know, there's a lot of people out there that say Robocop's a bad movie. I mean, not a bad movie, but like Robocop's talking about bad things in the world with our policing, yeah. corporations. Mm -hmm. But you know, guys, if we had Robocop then those MAGA chuds would never would have beat up that guy from Empire, so. You know, that's, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> you know what? Maybe maybe Hitchbob would have had a little bit more common sense than to go out on the streets <laughs> I like to imagine that the RoboCop sequels all take place in other cities, and they got to Philadelphia on the list and said, oh no, we can't finish this, never mind. Ed 209 deserved it. Robocop just blowing up a civilian for eating horse shit off the street. <laughs> In, instead of police officers having a tattoo of the thin blue line, they're just going to have a tattoo of the Autobots. All right, um, Parker, tell us about the news. Buddy. So, I know you want to get one over on me and talk about all those infinite Star Wars shows coming my way, oh, but yeah. I won't let you have that. I'm going to turn the tables on you and say a couple words here that are going to upset you. Oh. Now, you just tell me when to stop talking. Okay. Marvel's Loki series stop. lands <laughs> Rick and Morty writer. No, okay, but you really don't have to go any further. The show will follow Loki as the trickster and shapeshifter... Alex, what did you watch this week? ...pops up throughout human history as an unlikely influencer on historical events. Yeah, now, here's a question like for you. Movies. Isn't that the plot of Minions? Is this the whole point of that movie? That they go through history? Just like mad lips of things that I don't want to watch. Hey, you like that tertiary character from the worst Marvel movies, right? What if the Rick and Morty guy wrote a series about him? Oh, good. <laughs> Loki, Loki, uh, we gotta go stop Hitler, Loki. Uh. Sounds like See, a lost kind of Nettia character. <laughs> Let's talk about some good news. You guys like movies, right? Eddie's older brother. Anyway, yeah. Sure. For now. Oh, yeah. Did you know that Bumblebee will be the start of a new rebooted Transformers universe? Never mind. Uh... Do you still like movies, you guys? <laughs> I know a movie you like, Chris. You like yeah. Your Name. I love that movie. The Mark Webb directed live action Your Name is going to have a boy from Chicago body swapping with a Native American girl. Chris, what? your thoughts? Oh, God. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> really great get for Liz Warren. <laughs> God. Okay, this one I I wasn't gonna include because who cares? But it got me thinking. So they announced today that the second half of season five of Arrested Development comes out next month, and I just realized the first half came out last May. It's been almost a full year, and no one fucking cares that this show that like people spent a decade begging to come back. It's just been done. 
and no one fucking cares. I mean, no one wants Jeffrey Tambor back in the spotlight, you know? Has he been kicked like, off that show yet? I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Like, season four was like one of the first big Netflix gets of like, oh shit, I should yeah. subscribe to this. Right. And they've just had half a season of this show and not a word has been said for like eight months. Well, hopefully this will be the thing where they just like give it a, a nice little bow and they just sort of close it up. Or hopefully somebody finally learns to stop listening to the internet. Oh, well, which of these is more uh, likely to happen? I don't know. <laughs> nah. The last important bit of news. Our friend Josh's cousins with the voice actor of Harley Quinn? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he just uh... fucking casually dropped it on us. Do you think his whole family sounds like that? I, oh, I've what? spoken to different members of his family, and for the most part, they don't. But I did say to him, it's just like... Now, I don't know if your family's really big into the, like, stereotypical, ludicrous, over-the-top New York accents. And he, he started going, uh, uh, yeah, uh, think about that, uh, so, yeah, I think they'll talk. Find out his dad voiced Joey Wheeler. Like, <laughs> he just casually drops in Discord, oh, yeah, it's my cousin. Also, she's been on Big Bang Theory for, like, a decade. Yeah, by the way. How has that never come up? No, he, it's, he's mentioned that before. And, in fact, I think he told me, and I just, I forgot about it. I think I burned it away in my memory palace. <laughs> Do you think uh, he can get us the scoops on the new season of Young Sheldon? It's actually. <laughs> <laughs> Cam just turned off the first time you ever listened to the podcast. Wait a minute. All right. Uh, let's talk about what we watched recently. Alex, you go ahead and lead things off. <laughs> Oh, buddy, I'd be happy to. (laughs) So I don't have a huge list, but uh, let me start off by telling you about my Valentine's Day. All right. (laughs) So as you guys who frequently listen to the podcast may know, my girlfriend has lost remote privileges several times because of the shit that she's made me watch. I was like, you know what? It would be a nice romantic gesture to let her pick the first movie we watch on Valentine's Day. So we watched Velvet Buzzsaw. I still have not gotten to it. I have not heard anything to convince me to. So it's really well acted. It's also somehow an unbelievably boring movie about paintings that kill people. Oh. You hate to see yeah. it. Yeah, they really lean hard into the whole, you know, hey guys, the uh like the art critique world is real bad. Like have you have you heard about this? Have you heard about how bad the art world is? It's bad. It stifles creativity. People just want to make money. They're all in it for themselves. And then painting skill people, but by that point, you don't care. I've hovered over it at least a dozen times and went, ah, some other time. There's, there's clearly, like, quality there. Like, the production value is really high. She really enjoyed it, but also, she's an art dweeb. Oh. I'm very much not, so. So, after I got to stare at her and be like, I'm glad you enjoyed this movie. She's like, all right, all right, fine. You can put on whatever <laughs> you want now. So then we watch Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> oh, Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Day indeed. <laughs> so she went from being pissed off that she had to watch a Godzilla movie to 20 minutes later being really pissed off that anyone in the world was trying to hurt baby Godzilla. Right? <laughs> you have to protect him. He's so cute. Yeah. He is fucking adorable. And after watching this movie and reading that the entire reason that Baby Godzilla exists is because Japan was trying to find a way to get women to see Godzilla movies, got (laughs) him. Exactly. (laughs) So I don't know if this is as good as Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah, but it's real, real close. And I will definitely be watching at least one more of these 90s Godzilla movies this week. Oh, you Because so far, they all fuck. 
just to tease, I watched the movie that follows that one, and boy, you are oh, yes. you are in for a treat when you, when you watch it. Oh, nice. That is a <laughs> real good monster in that one, buddy. All right. Oh, thank God. So, then I watched a movie that I talked about with Parker off mic last week called Harbinger Down. <laughs> this was not on Valentine's Day, just just to set the record. Yeah, that would have... Because for what I, I saw, that would have been a fight. again. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that was so. That is a movie. <laughs> that is a movie that takes itself very seriously, and then what is it? About thirty minutes in, goes. All right, it's the thing now. It's the it, thing with people. We've does never it heard take of. itself seriously though? Because there's a stock Russian character who says that she can see Alaska from her backyard uh, in the, the first fifteen. The sound minutes. I made was <laughs> this movie came guttural. out in 2015. Ooh. Oh, Let me boy. put it this way. Half of the movie takes itself seriously. The half Lance Henriksen showed up for. And the other <laughs> half is just a series of scenes with people that can be placed in any order. It has no effect on anything. That's It'll just cut to them as they're doing a completely different thing. Like, it cuts to them and they're, like, drinking. Then it cuts back to Lance. And it cuts back and she's choking the guy and he's hitting her. Yeah, yeah she fights Big Biff. And then <laughs> he's the black girl puts bullet. makeup on her. And then we find out that she's actually a double agent that's trying to blow up their ship. And this is all interspliced with a tentacle monster murdering people from the inside. Man, the cuck professor guy, though. Yeah. What an absolutely heroic acting performance from that guy. <laughs> he really went for it, and I appreciate that. He becomes the most hateable character in any movie ever within, like, four lines. <laughs> and it's real good. Well, he good just decides him. to play it for the cheap seats. And you know what? He knows what movie he's in. I applaud that. I think my favorite thing about this movie is after they find out that the Russian double agent, not triple agent, just for the record, just a double agent in this one, okay. um, hit a bunch of bombs in the bilge of the ship. The characters <laughs> all look at each other like, but how did she get down there? And then the other female character goes, well, no man could fit down there, but a woman could. I'm going in. And then you see her standing next to Lance Henriksen, who is like, four inches shorter than her and like 20 pounds lighter and like Lance basically Hitch. an extremely frail old man he's like, like 70 pounds at this point you yeah. <laughs> could fit him in a fucking suitcase for what was undoubtedly an extremely low budget movie this actually looks pretty good though like i was absolutely down with the monster design yeah there's some but... bad cgi but there's one or two of the monster effects that are real good yeah like surprisingly so for that budget it's like an hour 22 so oh yeah nice and last and certainly least i did something extremely off brand this week i watched a movie specifically because of the knowledge that there were no sharks in it <sighs> so you guys are familiar with open water you know pretty famous shark movie yes. as far as the shark movie canon goes i'm sure it's something that parker's experienced at least Oh, five yeah. times in his life. Well, yeah, so I know. watched. <laughs> I watched Open Water two. Oh, now, buddy! <laughs> are you familiar with the, the 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 story hook of Open Water two? I am not, but I cannot wait to learn. <laughs> so these douchebags all go out on a boat to celebrate their friend's birthday. One of the women brings a baby along. We also find out she's terrified of water because her dad drowned while playing chicken with her when she was like six. <laughs> Seems like a great person to go on a boat, right? Oh, yeah. Well, naturally, the the chud who we believe owns the boat throws her in the water and jumps in after her when everyone else is already in, only to find out that, oh, no, we forgot to let down the ladder on our yacht. 
So the movie is just an hour and a half on these dumbass fucking people floating in the water because they forgot to put a ladder down. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. That's your movie. <laughs> it's, it was real funny for like 50 minutes. And then it's like, hey, come on, come on. And then some people die in <laughs> aggressively stupid ways. The one, like, fucking girl that's just freaking out the whole time drowns after they're in the water for about 90 minutes. One dude hits his head on a boat propeller trying to retrieve a knife. <laughs> he gets the knife back up. One of the other guys tries to climb his way up the side of the ship using the knife. The guy that owns the boat gets mad that his boat is being defaced, tackles him into the water, somehow accidentally stabs him, and he dies. He <laughs> You know how hard it is to stab someone underwater? That shit ain't easy. <laughs> you can't do that accidentally. Not with that attitude. Well, Fair. There's a whole lot of blood that wasn't attracting sharks. Uh, so, at the end of the day, 0 out of 10. Because... <laughs> no sharks. Uh, one shark in this movie. Oh. Even if it's like a fucking puppet. Even if it's like cutaways to like a model of a shark. And I'm in. But, man, that, that premise only gets you so far. And yeah. that point's about 45 minutes. He made right, a sequel uh, to a shark movie without sharks. That used it in the title. <laughs> I also found out there's an open water three where I'm hoping the sharks return. Tune in next week. <laughs> okay. All right, take I'll, it away. I'll, uh, I'll go with mine now. Uh, I watched three horror movies. Uh, <gasps> actually, there's a better way to set this up. Uh, Robocop. Yeah, they were more thrillers if you think about it. That's true. Great. But uh, there's... <laughs> Uh, Ro Robocop is one of the most well-known 80s movies, so I said, okay, I should really try to focus on 80s movies for this week, so just sort of get myself in the mood for that time frame. So I watched Battleship Potemkin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you match if there's a remake of that coming down the pipe? Anyway. Uh, almost all the movies I watched this week are from the 80s. The first one is the sequel to the original Suspiria. It's called Inferno. And, uh, Parker, I've been turning this one over in my mind a bit as to whether you should see it. I think I told you I wasn't sure if I should recommend it specifically for you. The more that I think about it, the more I would put a must-watch on this specifically for you. And not because it's scary, <laughs> but because... I don't know if you like it. Actually, no, you have to see it. It's because of three scenes in particular that I think are the most over-the-top hilarious scenes. You have got to see it. As for everyone else who's listening... This is a movie that I liked. I, I, I'm completely serious. I like this movie. I like it a lot. I might even rewatch it. I actually watched this movie twice. But I had to watch it twice because I had no idea what the hell was going on the first time I saw it. And the second time I saw it, I still don't understand it. It's very, very difficult to understand. The protagonist changes every 20 minutes. And uh, <laughs> the ending is so hilariously over the top. But uh, Parker, Chris, I'm putting a must watch uh, on this. Did Rihanna make a song for this one too? I don't think she was born. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I got you, buddy. There you go. Um, I also watched a movie, uh, a Kurosawa movie that came out in '80. His first, uh, his first color movie called Kagamusha: The Shadow Warrior. It's actually really, really good, stunning to look at, and I have nothing else to say about it. Then, Alex, uh, huh. I was wondering, have you seen Atlantic City? I don't think I have, no. I think, I don't know if it'd be up your alley. It's, uh, you know, kind of about gambling and stuff like that. I know you kind of work in the industry. It's, I honestly, I, I, I keep comparing it in my head to, uh, uh, what's it? What was the sequel to The Hustler? Uh, uh, Tom Cruise and uh, Paul. Color of Money. Color of Money, thank you. Uh, I keep comparing it to it that way, and The Color of Money is better in every single way. 
this is one of the last movies of Burt Lancaster, and it's like, oh, it's nice to see him doing his stuff. Uh, unfortunately, Susan Sarandon's ruining the whole movie. But, uh, yeah, it, it might be worth your time. I, I don't know. I, I only kind of liked it. didn't really love it. And then, Parker, I watched Scanners for the first time. Oh, yes. Man. Okay, let's, let's sit down here. <laughs> Scanners has a lot going for it, namely the special effects. No one does body horror better than uh, David Cronenberg. I think we can all agree on that. Um, it's a really interesting concept, isn't it? You know? It's not just the, well, we can make their heads explode. Isn't that cool? And, yes, it is cool. But, like, uh, just the idea of everything that goes into it. This is based on a really interesting story uh, by, I think, the guy who wrote Bug Jack Baron. I could be wrong about that. But, uh, yeah. Is I... that the show about the depressed horse? <laughs> I'm glad you got it for me. <laughs> I, I could sense it dwelling in your yeah. brain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd, Scanners, again, I like it. I don't think I like it quite as much as uh, The Fly. The Fly is just an absolute masterpiece. But, uh, yeah, you know, Scanners, that gets a hearty recommendation. Again, that, that opening head explosion is so, so good. Still one of the best head explosions ever. I think ever, it might be period. the best one. I don't know if there's a better one right now. <laughs> it's I mean, you would it's have top a, three without even thinking. You have a higher catalog than I do. Yes. Um, now, the next one I watched was Chariots of Fire, uh, which I had never seen before. Now, I want to preface this by saying, have either one of you seen Foxcatcher yet? Nah, it wasn't doing anything for me. I will will spoil it right now. It is the single best movie about uh, wrestling ever made, and it's also extremely boring, which is really unfortunate. And unfortunately, I think that's the way that a lot of people look at Chariots of Fire. I really like Chariots of Fire, but most people think it's one of the most overrated movies of all time. Um, I, I thought it was well done. Unfortunately, the more I talk about it, the more I realize that there isn't a tremendously strong point to this movie. I think the point is... Yeah, they both really liked running. That's it. it that's, that's about all there is to it. Uh, now, I will say that this movie takes place in, like, 1924 uh, Great Britain, and there are uh-huh. no blackface scenes. I'm out. Uh-oh. No, <laughs> back in. No Wait, blackface no, no, scenes no blackface. whatsoever. There is a brief yellow face scene. Anyway, I also oh, watched geez. An American Werewolf in London. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, the best part about An American Werewolf in London is that little sidekick. Michael who, J. Fox? Oh, no, that's a different movie. Sorry, I haven't seen that one either. <laughs> no, uh... Oh, that reminds me. I've got to make uh, Parker watch Teen Witch. <laughs> anyway, I'm good. You, you say you I remember know. enough of it. I'm good. I know what you want me to see. Yeah. I know the scene. Fuck you. <laughs> there were so many scenes. Anyway, in American Werewolf in London, I, I love those special effects. They are simply incredible. Can we just go back to practical effects like that? That guy looks terrific. I mean, horrible, but terrific. And uh, the comedy actually works... Okay, so my, one of my favorite scenes in there is that when the guy is... Uh, he wakes up naked in the zoo, and he, he has to Same. run through. There's like a wide shot. He just runs by and grabs a woman's cloak while she's making out with some other guy. That's so funny. Yeah, it's, so, Everyone's yeah. doing it. This movie is really, really good. <laughs> two more movies and uh, unfortunately neither one of these are from the 80s but you'll see where I'm going with this I watched I took Rebecca out to see uh, Office Space in theaters a fantastic use of my time wait uh, three movies sorry uh, Office Space in theaters which uh, again absolutely brilliant I love it to death why is this so much better than Idiocracy 
it's um, yeah, Idiocracy is not good. Yeah, you know that's a movie I once said would hold up, and then meanwhile, Office no, Space is not. still very, very good. But guys, the, the Cheeto Man—they predicted it. Yeah, the, the fucking neighbor man. in Office Space is one of my favorite big characters in right? cinema history. <laughs> Actually, I really like the guy who's the O Face guy. <laughs> Take around the Actually, fun lore. <laughs> one of my old managers looked and sounded exactly like her manager at the restaurant, and that really did a lot for me. In my Just early great 20s. because that's just mike judge <laughs> yeah and it's it was rough I, I don't oh i i was thinking what's my favorite uh quote from that movie and now i've realized my favorite quote from office space is what am i gonna do with 40 subscriptions to vibe <laughs> the correct answer is look out for your cornhole man <laughs> that's all he can say to him at this time hey man Try not to get butt fucked in there. <laughs> anyway, I, I took her home and I. No I, thanks, man. I don't want you to fuck my life up. Too. <laughs> I, I took Sorry. her home and I was just like, well, things are getting kind of serious. I'm gonna have to show you Con Air. So uh, she's yeah, all, she that's a Con power Air move. Before. It's I'm proud I mean, of you. If you're a real Nicolas Cage fan, you have to see it. And we marveled at how this is basically his straightest role since uh, National Treasure, and. Uh, Boy, what a great movie. This ain't exactly that's... my ties and Yahtzee, but let's do this. That's a I strong just, move. Every, you gotta set the tone I early. It, every single time I see it, I just realize again that it starts with a bunch of guys harassing a dude in a bar for being a veteran. <laughs> it's <laughs> so cool. What, what world does this movie exist in? <laughs> she was actually laughing hysterically as soon as they started playing that song. How do I live without you? That song, by the way, plays at the very opening second. <laughs> it sure does. Oh, boy, it does. And uh, I also watched, at the very last second, they were showing a free screening at the Woodbridge Alamo, so I had to drive an hour to get there. They were showing In the Heat of the Night, which is almost a perfect movie, and I have absolutely no criticisms about it. What I will have to say as a criticism is of Hollywood. I think Hollywood was a lot better at addressing racism back in the 60s and 70s than it is now. <laughs> Next week's episode, Green Book. See you later. <laughs> I, I haven't seen Green Book, but like I hope never ask to. Ask your dad. <laughs> I don't think I will. But like I, again, those like they. I mean, you get movies like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which, by the way, opening line from Regrets, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's such a good opening line too. <laughs> Uh, but and yeah, in the heat of the night, which is fantastic. Uh, we almost had a mirror collapse when he ended up slapping that white guy. Uh, it's it is a very very good movie, one of the best cop movies ever made. Uh, but then I saw RoboCop, so uh, second best cop movie ever made. There you go, uh, Parker. Take it away, guys, guys, guys. I watched a lot of Godzilla this week, but the two I want to hit on. So I watched the original Japanese version. And then right after that, I watched the American version of it. Yeah, yeah, sure. So here's the thing. I didn't realize that the American version was literally just Raven Byrne narrating over the entire movie and then also taking out all the parts about it being because of nuclear weapons. We just kind of <laughs> cut those parts of the movie out. Like any mention of like, huh, all these uh, atom bombs really fucked up and created this monster. Like, nah, just cut that out, cut this out. So what you have is... Like the Japanese version of life, you know, these two characters having a conversation, 
And then in the American version, they're having a conversation, but you can't hear them. You just hear him narrating. Yeah, so these two are in an arranged marriage since they were kids. She respects him. It's, it's <laughs> fucking weird. <laughs> and it's very fun because the very end, this is the point entirely, the very end of the Japanese one, he says, like, hey, we did it, but, like, if nuclear weapons testing continues, another Godzilla might show up in the future. And the American witch goes, ah, oh, the menace is gone, but so is a great man. The end! <laughs> it's all good. Keep dropping them, motherfucks. So, good <laughs> job, America. <laughs> Just, how do we... How do we market this movie about a giant monster to Americans? Alright, just have this white guy look pensively into the distance and talk over the entire thing. <laughs> You're right, Chris. They used to be way better with race. <laughs> I said it in the 60s, not the 50s. Just fucking... <laughs> so I did a back-to-back double feature of uh, Sweet Sweet Voice Rick Tendencies of Blue Velvet and Rear Window, and boy... Guess who didn't know much about Blue Velvet going into it? It was this guy. So, uh, let's hear your impassioned defense of Laura Dern, and just gonna let you know, she's probably listening to this. Uh, I'm your biggest fan. You were really good in it. Evidently. Also, I, I thought she died in space to save us all. She did. She sacrificed herself guys, by not guys, telling guys, everyone it's the her plan. Turn. Chris, it's not my fault you didn't finish Twin Peaks The Return, okay? It's the only other thing I've seen, and you didn't get that. So it's the only good thing she's ever done in her life. Congratulations for her. I've seen three Most people don't even get a good scene. I hate my life. So the only thing I knew about Blue Velvet was... Was about fucking Dennis Hopper, which is... Which, yeah. That's... Oh, boy. Yeah. That is a lot. The fucking nitrous in there, that is... That's kind of a haunting sound and visual combination. That movie is two hours of a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it works really well. As soon as Laura Dern gets off screen. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> like, as soon as young, young, sweet, dreamy Kyle McLaughlin oh, goes God. in that closet, my knuckles tense up like, oh, no. Right. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that wasn't so bad. And then there's a knock at the door, and then it gets real bad. Right. Oh man, that movie is. Oh, now, that so you also experience. saw Rear Window, right? I did. I had not seen it since I took a film class in high school. Mm-hmm. I remembered like the beats of it, but that last ten minutes is fucking incredible. Right? Regardless of what you know about it, that is holy shit. Rear Window is probably in my top three Hitchcock. It's also one of the ones I've seen more than the others, but uh, I've, I've had long conversations about that one. I, I really, I've... really like it. I've only seen a couple, but I also watched Shadow of a Doubt this week, and I think that's still my favorite. Oh, that's a good I one, too. I really like that movie one. a lot. Yeah. I think he's even said that's shit. his favorite. But yeah, I that was one of the ones I vividly remember from that film class. Because that was a first class of the day, rolling in with one bloodshot eye half open. <laughs> sometimes I know what's going on screen, sometimes I don't. But that one always stuck with me. Shadow of a Doubt's probably my favorite from that year, 1943, because nothing else came out that year. Well, it's probably the only movie I've seen from the 40s, so we'll just go call it the whole decade. (laughs) (laughs) Clean sweep. Let's see. The only other thing I want to talk about is I sat down and watched all four hours of The Wailing. (laughs) So that movie's perfect. That's a a fucking incredible movie. You know, it's been a long time since we talked about it. I know I saw it. Alex, did you see The Wailing also? I did not see The Wailing. Oh, what the shit. Okay. That 
It might be. That's easily one of my favorite horror movies I've seen from this decade. Okay, uh, I, I guess I'll just use my assignment bank pool time <laughs> to uh, just have Alex watch that. Because uh, right, it's still on fair. Netflix, right? Oh, I I went to the library and they had it and I got super excited. I think, <laughs> it, I, I think it. it's on Netflix. and If it's not, I can find it. It's fine. Trust me on this one. I think it's better than Train to Busan. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah, a yeah, different same. movie I liked it and more. it's not really oh, yeah, to compare yeah, yeah. them, but... Wow, they worked really hard on this. I I absolutely loved it. If it wasn't two and a half hours, I probably would have just watched it again this week. But that's that's a big time commitment. I got a lot of I got Mothra movies to watch too. I, I watched it with a Korean friend of mine, and you'll notice Parker's not saying a tremendous amount about the storyline because we really don't want to give too much away. Oh yeah, I don't want to say anything. Even if we did, and we won't. Even if we did, I don't think you'd be able to quite predict where it goes. And it's not. It's also not entirely all that clear where it goes it's, it leaves a few things open-ended but it's it's the fun kind of open-ended where it's like it dropped enough clues it's up to you to put them together you know oh yeah kind of like burning that you guys are still not fucking watching you, as you try to bait me into sorry, using I'm, my minutes sorry 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 <laughs> i almost texted i'm chris not taking today. this bait fine don't watch this fantastic movie <laughs> i was gonna <laughs> text problem. chris and be like hey just let me know when you watch it so we can because if i watch it first i'm not gonna talk about it without him seeing it yeah what I, am I gonna add? I, I'm my just, lack of culture. I, I've been waiting for a time where I'm not gonna watch it at work. I don't want to have this movie where it's just something that I have on in the back. Oh wait, okay, one other movie I watched at work and it barely counts as a movie is I watched that uh, concert DVD of John Carpenter live. Dude, it's so nice to see Carpenter happy for once. <laughs> just not being miserable. Yeah, he's just like ah horror movies. I like horror movies. Dun, 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 dun. The crowd's just going nuts. <laughs> Here's a fun little fact: he admitted live on stage in London that uh, Big Trouble in Little China was the most fun he had uh, directing. Which I makes believe sense. It. Look at that fucking movie. Um, <laughs> You know, reading more about him, it's like apparently he just took the losses really hard. Like, especially the thing really, really fucked him up. Wouldn't you? I, I hey, would. I made a masterpiece. Oh, four people saw it? Oh, yes. I can't get any movies Excuse made me. now? We cool, see the thanks. cute talking alien. He's going to phone home soon. Fuck E.T. Hey, I made five of the best movies in the last 30 years. Oh, you know what's on? Can't get funding? Cool. Thanks, I guess. It's all right. We're going to see Purple Rain instead. Anyway, let's talk about Robocop. Yeah, Scouts Honor, I'll see Burning this week. I will do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. We're sorry. Anyway. I will force my, I will find time. Yeah. Okay, uh, so let's let's talk about RoboCop. Um, it's important to know that the police are good, right? We're all pro-cop on this podcast. Right, good. Anyway, uh, this is the most pro-cop movie I've seen since Dirty Harry, if I'm getting the message right. Look, after seeing... Uh, <laughs> After seeing Starship Troopers, where the satire was, at, at some point it becomes very obvious what they're doing, the satire in here is, I don't know if it's more subtle or anything, it's usually, it's more the interstitials, which I loved. Uh, we have to talk about it. Uh, Alex, I was talking about him about this with him before you got on. I love the I'd buy that for a dollar guy so much. <laughs> Every time I watch this movie, I like it more. Like, it's such a good way to... For a movie to explain what it's trying to do without explaining what it's trying to do. Right. Well, to piggyback off that idea, I watched it last week, rated it four stars. I watched it today and rated it four and a half. So, <laughs> same. You know, that's... Okay, so that's one of the things. Is I went in here and I was... I guess I was a little bit skeptical. This movie had been kind of hyped up. I can only imagine by whom. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm waiting for the satire. I'm waiting for the biting. You know, this is the police state sort of thing. And I never really got it. 
but everything else I got was really good. So, like, I don't really have any sort of real complaints here. Uh, I guess the biggest criticism I have is that I watched it on my big, fancy, beautiful TV, and this is the HD version that I got, and apparently the director's cut, and it, it looked kind of grainy. And I texted Parker, I was really unkind, I said, this movie looks like it was made for $300 without a penny wasted, for what that's worth. But as the movie progresses, it's like, okay, most of the movie looks like this grainy, kind of shitty, direct-to-DVD sort of thing. But the parts where they tried really hard, it looks fantastic. Like the gas station explosion, the uh, extremely bloody murder of that guy in the conference room, and uh, all the uh, Ed 209 effects. Well, I, I actually couldn't better, disagree with you more. But they had right? to buy 700,000 squibs. Right. You understand. <laughs> I actually, like, having not seen this in a while, I was actually kind of surprised at how good it looked. Because I remember, like, in my mind, I thought of it the same way that you just described it. And then watching, I was like, oh, fuck, this looks way better than I remember. Yeah, I, I couldn't possibly sign on with that because I've seen a lot of 1987 movies that were made for, like, a real big boy budget, and this wasn't. Yeah, so I that's had to, fair. I had to kind of, like, kind of, as I watched, I was like, okay, shift your expectations down a little bit. It was nice seeing Ray Wise again, uh, the world's oldest henchman. Uh, but even nicer, <laughs> we have got to give credit to Miguel Ferrer. It is one of the most powerful performances I've seen in a long time. God I always forget him. how good he is in this movie. I love him to death. He's so perfectly shitty and smug the entire movie. Right up until he's dead. At this point, it's like, I, I don't think he did anything wrong. He created a superhero. Okay, so that's... I texted Parker about this. It was like ten minutes in. I think I have like kind of a unique take. A lot of people say... Oh, it's a cop movie, like Lethal Weapon and, you know, stuff like that. It's like, it's not. I, this is more of like a superhero movie, you know? It, it feels more like they've created a super... No, don't make a joke about Steel. I'm going to do that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it feels more like a superhero movie, you know? He's, he's here to uphold truth, justice in the American way, but he has a dark past or something like that. The movie kind of feels like it's taking pot shots at uh, comic book heroes, which, hey, I love taking pot shots at them, too. Well, I'm not saying Frank Miller wrote RoboCop 2, but he definitely wrote RoboCop 2. <laughs> they took one look at his script and went, oh, fuck, and had to change a lot of it. <laughs> I'm not surprised. So, uh, I wish I made time for RoboCop 2 this week so badly. Yeah, that I, that's... <laughs> I would have loved to have brought that to the table as well, because, man. I just didn't have time for it. Um, I, I have to say, I love the interstitials. It's not just the I'd buy that for a dollar guy, who, again actually worth seeing the movie just for that guy but uh that nukem commercial i really nukem like. is i want to play nukem <laughs> i really want to get nukem uh i know that's not supposed to be the desired effect of that but like fuck i really want to play nukem <laughs> exactly i think i'd be good at that and uh the 6000 sux yeah <laughs> and it might be my favorite bit of creative world building I've seen in a very, very long time. <laughs> 8.7 miles per gallon. <laughs> <laughs> like, just the fucking news segments, just saying the most absurd things, just deadly serious, like it's your nightly news. Parker, yeah. exactly what did that satellite laser do? <laughs> Literally, like, there's, like, an hour into the movie, they just cut away from a scene to them talking that there was a misfire of one of their satellites, and it wiped out, like, thousands of people, including two former presidents. <laughs> and then they just go on to a different story, and then the movie continues. It's never brought up in the plot. I love it so much. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful in a way. In several ways, really. Uh... Okay, so Peter Weller, we have to talk about this extremely beautiful, perfect face. 
It's one of those where like, all right, I, can you act? It doesn't matter. How does your jaw look? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you got the part. I have to admit, all uh, we part. need is half of your face. Yeah, you're gonna be wearing this stupid helmet, so just it's nice. Nice chiseled jawline, you're in. That's we, it. You know, That's this, all we need from you. The suit was really nice. I have to give a lot of credit to Rob Botton. Did a really good job. Uh, Parker texted me at one point about, you know, how the satire of this movie is becoming reality, but I wasn't really paying attention because I got to the nutted but she's still sucking scene. Fair. <laughs> 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 it's like, like The fact that of all cities, Detroit is the city. It's like, hey, by the way, we have private police now. For reals. And also they don't have to go through cop certification. And there's no surveillance. They, like, oh, they just whoops. get to carry a, a gun in a Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's this guy who doesn't have to go through psychological evaluations, who doesn't report to anyone. Here's a gun. Please circle around a drive-thru at 2 a.m. looking for anyone wearing a hoodie. It's fine. OCP cares about it, citizens. Okay, so uh, how do you think Ed 209 would have fit in on the cul-de-sac? <laughs> this I like that the, I like the robot growls <laughs> It does a fucking lion roar And then pulls out two machine guns <laughs> what, uh, what year did this movie take place in? Like 2050 or so? Something like that Alright, well it's good to see that the roar has finally been restored to Detroit <laughs> Got him Pow pow <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know I, I, Okay, so it's, maybe it's just me, but that scene of Ed 209 trying to go down the stairs is the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's, it's little fucking it's crying, wailing, and kicking. It's so good. <laughs> it's like de- delicately trying to put its like its foot down like it's a baby bulldog. Never empathized so much with a machine. <laughs> there he does it. Easy. Oh, 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 you tossed your cookie. I told you about stairs. <laughs> It keeps happening. <laughs> I keep falling down all these stairs. I can't. I can't believe that RoboCop gave him the spicy keychain. Anyway, <laughs> can't wait to be a useless piece of shit and kill all these RoboCops. <laughs> so, when you guys finished watching the movie, did you walk around your house like RoboCop? Yes, because I definitely. Did I mean, that. yes. I definitely into and out of the shower. <laughs> I'm gonna walk around work like that. <laughs> I mean, I call myself creep already, so there wasn't too much of a change. <laughs> All right, we have to. Uh, I don't. Know, I don't know how I want to lead into this, but we have to talk about that one guy's laugh. <laughs> guy's he sounded incredible. like a psychotic turkey. He's so cool. That gang is so fucking great. Why would you? I couldn't tell you any of their name? names, and I don't care. The only ones that I can identify are Red Foreman and the guy that looks like 1987 Seth Green. <laughs> well, and Ray Wise. <laughs> Ray Wise, the guy with the hyena laugh. <laughs> Seth Green and Red Foreman. He legitimately sounded like Ripper Rue. It's so fucking good. <laughs> like, you know in your heart, that's why he got cast. Oh, absolutely. Someone heard him do that and said, Alright, hold this gun. Alright, yeah, <laughs> come with me. So we have to talk about what an impact this had on the general populace because this is the same sort of thing that we sort of encountered with uh, Starship Troopers 
where I had heard a lot about Starship Troopers. It was like, oh yeah, this movie's so good, man. They kill a lot of bugs, man. And then you realize, oh, it's like, oh, this is actually a, a decently subtle, like, you know, pastiche of fascism, and, you know, militarism, jingoism, stuff like that. And it's worth watching for all, like, the little stuff that's happening behind the scenes. The shower scene's a really great example. And... I wonder if people looked at this in a similar light and instead the masses were just looking at RoboCop as like, oh, it's a badass action movie where Ed 209 really shoots the hell out of that dude and they don't they don't really get some of the humor in it. Like, the, the scene where the guy gets covered in toxic waste and instantly turns into the toxic <laughs> Avenger. Like, come on, it comes out of nowhere. There's a lot of humor from that. Well, if anyone else pitches, it's a movie called RoboCop... You imagine what that movie looks like, and I remember when we watched, when Alex and I, back in the days of Netflix Party Watch, watched it, we were expecting that movie. Uh Uh-huh. And we were disappointed, like, oh, that, what, what are they talking? (laughs) Where's the dumb shit? (laughs) Turns, so, uh, yeah, speaking from experience, watching this movie at (laughs) 3am on Xbox Live, waiting for the robot to shoot people with his big gun. It happened. (laughs) It happened to a lot of us. Yeah. Man, I'm not proud of remember it. when remember when we made subtle social critiques of things? Not on this podcast. Orange man. I mean, not us, but like <laughs> as a society, you know. <laughs> this movie Nasty comes out woman. in 2018. Like they just show the Charlottesville footage for five minutes at the end. That's every news story. Is just oh my god. Can you imagine There's if the Krasensteins... Oh, the Cheeto man refused to tear down some monuments today. It's, if it's the Krasensteins they're directing it, they have him arrested at the end of the movie. It's like when uh, in the 1998 Godzilla <laughs> movie where they had a very obvious parody of uh, Siskel and Ebert in there and they get they don't even get eaten at the end. The original <laughs> the citizens God. arrest for not using correct logic. <laughs> Are we sure the Krasensteins aren't actual Robocops though? It's a I mean, play. They're, they're definitely robots, but... Uh, <laughs> If they were cops, they would have done something by now. This almost feels like it was made by a cop in a way, you know? It, it, it feels like, in some small, very strange way, uh, this is almost like... They, I mean, they have that guy who's complaining about unions. We're, we're cops. We don't strike. It's just like, okay, so this is an anti-union movie? Is there... I don't think we're supposed to take that guy's side, my dude. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of the point. I don't think this movie was made by a cop because it's good. Therefore. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. It's it's a little difficult to, you know, get the handle on it. I mean, I know Paul Verhoeven didn't write it, but it's got his fingerprints all over it. I mean that in the best possible way. You know, a it lot is of, a lot. Paul Verhoeven ass movie. Yeah, oh, see, yeah. that's the thing is a lot of people. You know, it depends whether you subscribe to the alter theory, and I, I typically don't. I give a lot more credit to the writers, but this is the most Paul Verhoeven movie I've seen since well, Starship Troopers. So, uh, a little game here I like to play. It's called Fuck Mary Kill, and it's uh, RoboCop, uh, Starship Troopers, and uh, Showgirls. That's. One of my deepest shames that I've never seen Showgirls. Oh, you're I'm killing Showgirls. It's it's so bad. It's so hard to watch. I believe it. I'm gonna have to go with uh, with fuck Robocop, but definitely marry Starship Troopers. Somehow, no. I'd buy that for a dollar. I is mean, a better catchphrase than want to know more. Marry Robocop and fuck the weird giant brain bug that looks like a giant space vagina. Same, but Gary Busey's son with a green electric yeah, bio. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> Who looks like that guy from your high school? <laughs> oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> no, Parker knows. It's this kid who went to Penn State for wrestling. I am the only one in the world. Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel. Oh, I had to think about that one. 
Uh, are we missing something about RoboCop? Something really obvious? Red Foreman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he, he is so fucking good. Yes. I Bitches leave is just an all-timer. I actually can't believe like he didn't have like a bigger movie career after this movie because he is so fucking good in this movie. Right. He has a very specific part to play and he crushes it. Which she can say about everything about this movie like it's not nearly as satirical as Starship Troopers, but it has an idea of what it wants to be and for everything it wants to be, it crushes it in like 95 minutes. And whenever it does try to be satirical, it does a really good job. Like, again, the I'd buy that for a dollar thing, that is really, really excellent satire. The Newcomb commercial is excellent satire. I, there are little things in here that really work. There's the guy's line, I, I couldn't help but laugh. It's like the ultimate evil villain uh, line where he's confronting um, uh, Miguel Ferrer in the bathroom. He says, my idea should have been the one that was picked. Who cares if it doesn't work? It's like... That's are you serious right now? That's like the most obvious like reason why I wouldn't pick something, you know. Also, if we're uh, about... are, do you aware of how corporations work? My no, friend? I'm a, I am aware, but it's like think about it. Uh oh, looks like Chris needs a synergy coach. Uh, <laughs> I'll get Joel up for that. Um, Chris, I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to have some more agility in your workplace. <laughs> With these new jeans, Jesus Christ. Uh, let me tell you something. We have to talk about that guy walking out of that bathroom covered in piss. It's because everyone in the background's like, "Oh Jesus Christ, he's another rebel character! The fuck out of here!" <laughs> They're all whispering and running off. The guy realizes who it is and just pisses himself like, ah, "I got a meeting." <laughs> so, can we talk about the fact that the executive lounge that you need a special card to get in is it's, just like a regular ass bathroom? It's so cool. Just <laughs> so many little details that most movies would not bother with. They would just go to a bathroom. Here, yeah. they're. He has to show off, like, actually, I also now have a key to the executive bathroom because of my RoboCop idea. <laughs> Moving on up in the world, leapfrogging that old piece of shit. <laughs> he had, like, the most, like, boring hookers he could possibly have hired. <laughs> Bitches. Leave. He had one good idea. He's like, all right, uh, I'd love to go hang out tonight, but I have to go do coke and whores. And then 20 <laughs> minutes later, he's doing coke with hookers. Like, you know what? Well, I have this to admit, movie's very straightforward. I, I, I really thought that you know what all I can think about during that scene was I was thinking about Miguel Ferrer in um, in uh, what's what's it called? Um, Mulan? No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, that was him in Mulan. I forgot about that. No, uh, I was thinking about him in Tales from the Crypt, and then yeah. I started thinking about wait, one guy with two girls. Oh, now I'm thinking about the Joe Pesci scene in Tales from the Crypt. <sighs> yeah, that's a it's a good road to go down. That's Boy, a good way to spend the night. Really Robocop in those two episodes. Really thought that movie was going to end like that for a second. <laughs> just what the fuck is this? <laughs> That's such a good episode. God, I love him so much. Well, um, any last thoughts about Robocop? I just want you to know, Parker, it's been 10 years, and the entire time I was sitting watching this movie, I was just saying, dumb ass. Yeah, it's <laughs> impossible to not plug it. Over and after over. Every can you fly, dumbass? <laughs> Throws him out of a movie. <laughs> this movie actually had one of my favorite line deliveries that it's going to stick with me forever. It's when Clarence and RoboCop are fighting in the factory and RoboCop's beating the shit out of him. When RoboCop picks him up, throws him through a glass window and yells, Fuck this shit! And he goes flying through the glass. <laughs> you're right. How the fuck was he not in every movie after this? 
He yeah. is so good. Well, I'll give you one my, my final thought on this one, and this is the one that keeps sticking with me. It is worth watching just for the I'd buy that for a dollar guy. I know I keep mentioning it, but good heavenly lord, this is like the most important thing in my life right now. I've, I've just got that as my ringtone now. <laughs> like the stinger for the end of like, okay, so he can't he can't hurt anyone who's in charge of OCP. What's he going to do? He's, you're fired. Thanks. He just shoots him out the window <laughs> and the fucking movie ends. Like It's perfect. It really is. Oh, isn't it? You couldn't have drawn up a better ending than that. Like, you it really works can, yeah. so fucking well. <laughs> I really love that because yeah. this movie, this movie could take the melodramatic approach of like, I mean, what's it like to be more machine than man? You know, like you don't, your whole identity's gone. Your family, like, nah. There's like two scenes where he has nightmares. He's like, all right, I'm gonna go shoot this guy in the dick now. I, I think the movie knows <laughs> better than to not overplay that. I think that's one of the Jesus. things where the movie really held back the reins, like in a smart way. Uh, which is difficult to call this movie smart, but honestly, it is a smart movie. You know, let's let's not take credit away from this. This is I would, a smart movie. I would definitely call this a smart movie. Yeah, you know, it's they worked hard on it. You know, it's this is again, this is absolutely worth watching. Uh, one of the quintessential eighties movies. So, uh, what are we watching next week? Robocop two. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, because um, yeah, we looked and there is nothing. No, it's not going to be something. Yeah, you're not going to be hearing a the- about a theater trip from any of us oh, for a while. No, no. <laughs> Unless it's like one of those classics at the Alamo. I mean, that's it's just not going to happen. Uh, you know, we could stick to 80s movies and just go with Roadhouse. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not going to argue Roadhouse. I'm ever. incapable of saying no to Roadhouse. Okay, so. Roadhouse it is. God bless. Dang it, dang, dang, ding it on You knew just what I was You heard me saying a prayer for someone I really care for. And then there suddenly Oh, 
Oh my god, that reminds me. Holy shit. <laughs> Have you guys seen Garfield Eats yet? No. What is Garfield? Sorry, what? <laughs> the the Garfield themed restaurant they're opening in Toronto. Hold on, let like me Google Three this. weeks before I go there. Garfield Eats. <laughs> they have their, their entire menu is different kinds of gourmet lasagna and Garfield shaped pizzas. Oh my god. <laughs> Just go go to GarfieldEats.com. I'm going. Thank I'm here right dinner. now. I have to, okay, I have to close like several different windows already. Pizza, lasagna, coffee. The brand history. Jim Davis? Oh my god, is he still alive? Evidently, dude. You're going to get the app, right? Of course I'm going to get the app. I, it's entirely possible that there is no physical location. You just have to order through the app. Which is an interactive experience because you can play Garfield games while you wait for your food. <laughs> It's incredible, dude. Oh my god. Parker, look at these pizzas. How long do I have to scroll? Oh my god. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. This is the worst Parker, layout. Parker, I've Parker, ever click seen. on the dessert. Click on the dessert. Hang on, I have to find my way back to the top first. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Jesus. just at the menu. If you go to like the menu, it should be okay, there. Menu. It's, it's it's a fucking labyrinth, dude. It's understandable. Yeah, that's, that's true, but if you find the dessert, that's my favorite one so far. Hi, we're gonna serve you pizza. I tell the truth, my brother tells only lies. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> oh my god, it's just one dessert. <laughs> it's just like a Wait, chocolate Garfield face. Chris, Click on Chris, the fries icon, there's just a thing of fries dumped on the table. Chris, that's what you get. Click on the coffee and then read that cup. Garfield oh. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> oh god. Garfuchino. I'm so ready. <laughs> Garfield eats. Thanks for ordering your Garfield pizza. It'll arrive in approximately three to five days. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, with Garfield Eats app, you can watch Garfield and Friends. <laughs> Why would I need to download a PDF? It's just three pizzas and a thing of fries. <laughs> they just dumped a thing of fries on the table like, there you go. This is what you get when you order fries. You I like how fries. the brand story is above the menu. <laughs> you have to scroll past <laughs> the story of Jim Davis drawing a fucking scroll, cat. Scroll past Garfield's Food Attack, the game you can play while you wait. Hang on, <laughs> this interactive experience. Garfield is Garfield intelligent. playing Garfield. Garfield drives green. Garfield. <laughs> Just tell me what kind of pizza you have, you cocksucker. <laughs> I'm so glad this is all being recorded. Could you imagine if oh, you ordered is... it and you got the cup with the comic where he eats Garfield's gum? <laughs> John, noted drinker of dog cup. <laughs> So this is all staying in after the credits, right? Oh, yeah, you already do. I'm not going to lie, one of those pizzas looks pretty good. Friends Happiness Center. What? Actually, that juice. I, I could Call that. to order. Look, I'm not a smart man. I don't know what that flag is. 
don't know where the fuck that phone number's from. That's a lot more numbers than they're supposed to have. There are this, the one they're opening will be the second one. Is it? <laughs> There's I... one in Canada and one in Dubai. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Some Saudi prince paying $8 billion to have a Garfield pizza delivered to his mansion. <laughs> so, I don't know if you guys use Slack, but every once in a while Slack will have like a little intro message like, oh, so and so is a famous quote by someone. For this, they have Meet the Friends, and they'll have a little quote under the names, but it's the same one for all of them. It says, love me, feed me, don't leave me. Why does that, why is it there for all three of them? This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Pascal Hader only has a LinkedIn. My favorite part is that I only remembered this because he said, you know, I had to do it to him when I thought about Garfield. <laughs> Imagine if you're the CEO in your second billing under Garfield, the chairman. <laughs> So, I, the only reason I thought you thought of it was because of that Garfield Soju shirt, which, by the way, I need. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Once I find out where that's sold, I'll be placing an order for it. Oh, my God. Did you go to the Garfield Eats LinkedIn? No. Garfield Eats is the world's no, I didn't, Chris. Is the world's first entergaging quick mobile app restaurant featuring everyone's favorite pop funny, hungry, mischievous cat Garfield since 1978. What does the word entergaging mean? Oh, there's actually an explanation of that. Also above the menu. Oh, I'm not going to click on it. <laughs> uh, no additives. Uh, so what uh, kind of food do you guys... Webster's defines intergaging as... <laughs> Entertaining plus engaging. Yeah, I know. What is the Friends Happiness Center? <laughs> I guess you got to get the app to find out. Can, can I recharge my Pokemon there? <laughs> <laughs> We are always on the lookout for new cooks, culinary artists, delivery drivers, and accept young interns. Can you imagine you, putting this in Do you guys want to move to Dubai yeah. and become a happiness member? <laughs> Let's go be happiness friends for Garfield in Dubai. It's our new life. Okay, reluctantly closing that time. Okay, so this episode sponsored by Garfield really call Leeds. Garfield mischievous? Do you think, like, yeah, do you think we could possibly get them as, like, you know, sponsor? I mean, Garfield, like, just do he's it. He's too lazy to get into trouble. <laughs> he just sits there, he eats food, and he yells at a dog. Like Garfield hates Mondays and also litigation, so I think we're. <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine what kind of ad copy I'd have to read by them. Oh, you'd have to do it in the Garfield voice, or they would not send you money. <laughs> what is the Garfield voice, just like Bill Murray? Right. That's not the Garfield. <laughs> Don't worry about it, buddy. It's just Joel, but like toned down two octaves. <sighs> Someone asked Joel if he can do a Garfield voice, asking for a friend. I can't believe I had to go see the cursed child on a Monday. Oh, <laughs> uh, we might have some segments to write up for our good friend Joel. <laughs> Alright, Joel, uh, send me all your thoughts on the movie. Okay, I'll send them back. You'll notice some words have been replaced with lasagna and kick Odie off the table. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> oh my god. The only this thing is the worse content than that, that our listener craves. <laughs> oh my god, I hate normal <laughs> I fucking hate normals. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Eight minutes of solid gold so far. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> <I hate> nervous. <laughs>
Joel and I are going to have a conversation later. He's not going to like it. <laughs> hey, you know how we just like put embarrassing music under you while you talk? Well, get this. You're a cat who gets into mischief. <laughs> when John's at work, you use his Stubbs account to go see what men want. <laughs> Wait a second. What is the Garfield theme song? There's got to be one. Garfield theme song. Oh, come on in, come to the place where fun never ends. Oh. Come on in, it's time to party with Garfield and friends. Nice. Gotcha, dude. That was a good pull, Braddy. Uh, I had a childhood that was very lonely. Hell, same. <laughs>